Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Gennari. Today, we are speaking with Courtney Lorenz. Thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. Angela, it's my pleasure. Thanks so much for welcoming me on the show. Absolutely. So Courtney has a great wellness background that I'm really excited to share with you guys because I think she's going to bring so much value to our lives today. So Courtney is the founder of Northern Michigan's first kombucha tea brewery. Courtney desires to share the health benefits reaped from living foods. She believes that each body has unique nutritional needs. Courtney is a lifelong food and beverage entrepreneur who creates value in the health and wellness industry. Her background in nutrition and culinary arts fosters wellness within the community through education, agronomy. Okay, there's where we get messed up. Okay, agronomy and <laughs> <All laughs> <good>. functional <laughs> nutrition. Courtney has supported multiple businesses through their growth phases and enjoys supporting her business through its own growth. Courtney is a certified culinarian through the American Culinary Federation, a Reiki master, a certified mediation facilitator, and NASM nutritionist. She has been published in Forbes, received 40 under 40 awards, three by the age of 30, and is a Great Lakes Culinary Institute's Alumni of the Year 2019. Courtney holds multiple holds multiple businesses with her most current holding a top three nomination for Small Business of the Year in Traverse City, Michigan. Courtney volunteers on four community board organizations centered on health and wellness and enjoys life outside with her dog. I love it. You are so <laughs> yeah. like exactly what we all aspire to be in terms of like just the awareness of how important health is in, in our daily lives. And I'm just excited to dive into this with you. Yeah. And, you know, as women, I think it's it's even more centric because um, mm. we're taught to take care of everyone else first. Yeah, so I think there's so many important topics we get to cover mm. today. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So I want to know first, what, what got you started in the health and wellness industry? <laughs> yeah. How did I start fermenting tea for a living? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so a little bit of back history. I, mm-hmm. I went to culinary school first. Um, you know, young 18 year old Courtney thought she wanted to be a pastry chef. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. I really enjoyed my time doing it. Um, so I went to culinary school, graduated, uh, worked as a pastry chef for many years. Um, now my minor when I was in culinary school was nutrition though. Okay. So it was something very early on knew that, um, there was a curiosity there. Okay. And then I, uh, after that, I worked around for a little bit and decided to go back to school to study to be a dietitian. Um, after after getting my degree, I, I really found my passion in the fact that um, people were so disassociated from their food choices. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. I found myself doing that. Burger. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and you were, were eating out of convenience, right? Like, I think that's part of it. It's mm-hmm. like, well, what do I have? What can I get on the go? What's convenient? What's easy? And especially if you travel, I used to travel a lot. And Ooh. I was the heaviest I ever was when I was traveling because of that, because you're you're just looking for cheap, easy, 
and and accessible and <laughs> on the go it's mm-hmm. it's mindless eating and that's mm-hmm. when we get into dangerous territory when we're not eating mindfully mm-hmm. um, and taking the time to really slow down and enjoy it and it actually affects our entire digestive system which is um, a whole nother to- topic yes. that I can put up for a long time mm-hmm. yeah um, but you know I like people didn't understand cow is hamburger and mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts grow on a stalk right it's mm-hmm. like we we eat to live like how do we not know these things yeah right right. it's really important um and so i found that my passion was really to teach people like how food affects their bodies you know how does food affect your wellness Mm -hmm. and um i was offered a job at a college at a fortune 50 um salary benefits if they could have sold a white picket fence with it it would have made sense (laughs) you know It's like everything a parent could want for their kid. And and so I did it. Um, You know, at at 24 years old, I was managing a team of like 20 plus people. Wow. Um, Yeah. So great opportunity, right? Um, But I knew I didn't agree ethically with the company and and what they made and what they did. Um, So the the hippie culinary kid inside me still uh, volunteered on a farm on the side. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. on the weekends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it just, it made me feel like it it connected me back to my value system. And one day the farmer didn't have enough produce to pay me in. So she paid me in a kombucha culture. Ooh, okay. Interesting. And so I went home and I started brewing and uh, made five gallons and I, I couldn't quite drink it all myself. So I shared it with friends and family and traded it for eggs or for a Reiki session. And, uh, Eventually, I said, you know, this is making me happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. And kombucha could be the vessel for me to help other people be happy and healthy. So I quit my job and I started Cultured Kombucha. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, okay, so kombucha is a bit of acquired taste. Um, I've yeah. tried it before and, yeah. and it just, it's all depending on the maker. You know, it really all depends on the brand and, and you know, what they're doing to it. And so I have found that there are some that are better than others, as I'm sure oh, yes. in anything, right? That's, that's the case. So what makes kombucha so healthy? Yeah, no, great, uh, great question. Because um, kombucha is kind of like this redheaded stepchild in, in the industry. People don't really know what to do with it yet, right? Yeah. It's, um, so some background info, kombucha is a tea that's fermented for health instead of alcohol. Um, okay. so when we're fermenting for health, um, think like yogurt or sourdough mm. bread, um, for, for listeners who might not be sure, um, what that's like, um, it's going to be a little bit tart, a little okay. bit sweet and, and, and a little bit bubbly. Um, and during that fermentation process, you produce these incredible health benefits, um, like probiotics, live cultures, digestive enzymes, amino acids. Um, so when we go through our day to day, when we experience stress, um, when we take medications, when we experience environmental pollutants, mm-hmm. um, when we eat things that maybe we probably shouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the bacteria in our body can can ebb and flow and sway. And kombucha gives us the good bacteria we need uh, to lead a healthy life. Interesting. Okay. So is there a right time to drink kombucha? Like, is it Mm -hmm. after a meal? Is it in the morning? Is there a right time or not really? You know, I think that's dependent on the person. And one of my favorite educational pieces about kombucha is it really teaches you to listen to your body too. 
in that sense, right? And to tune into yourself. Um, I love it on an empty stomach first thing in the morning. It kind of wakes my stomach up and and, Mm -hmm. and makes me like kickstarts my digestive process and warms up my body per se. Um, Before and after meals is great for digestive support. Okay. Um, Some people like it in the afternoon instead of an afternoon coffee as a pick me up as well. Okay. Is there a, t- a, a limit of how much kombucha you should have, or is it is it just kind of as much as you want? That's a good question as well. And a frequently asked one. Um, I haven't experienced too much kombucha yet. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's good. It's considered medical advice if we tell you how much to drink. But right. that being said, I- I've never heard of someone drinking too much. You know, okay. I think um, a lot of people kind of think of it as a supplement. And we like to think of it as an addition to a healthy lifestyle. So if you're going to have a Diet Coke, swap Mm -hmm. it for a kombucha. If you're trying not to drink at night at home, swap your beer out for a kombucha, right? Like all of these little things. Okay. I like that. Great advice. All right. So tell me when you, when you come into the world of kombucha and you decide you're going to start brewing your own, what kind of process do you need to go through to make that a business and a viable business at that? Because this is a space where I imagine it's pretty tough to get shelf space at grocery stores. Yeah, you nailed it. Absolutely. Um, CPG or for, uh, you know, uh, consumer packaged goods is, uh-huh. is a cutthroat industry. And, you're, and you're, <laughs> you're going up against some pretty big companies in that space too. Yeah. Totally. So as a small business, what, how do you strategize? What does your marketing look like? Mm. Uh, well, for the first couple of years, it was definitely fake it till you make it. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were a bootstrap business by all means to start. Um, right. And so, you know, I think a lot of it was, um, you know, in that bootstrap mentality, it was, um, it was all grassroots marketing. Yeah. So we attended eight to 10 farmers markets a week. Um, wow. Because yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, we knew that by staffing those farmers markets, um, we could touch 4,000 people in three hours versus going to a supermarket shelf and trying to talk to people in hopes that they're coming through. So we yeah. took the most strategic um, approaches possible to get as many touches per advertising opportunity as possible. Okay, that's great. But it's it's a very, it, it's, it's, the competition is real. You know, mm-hmm. we're not only competing against like smaller brands, but we're also competing against Coke and Pepsi with uh, a small business budget, you know? Yeah. I know the feeling there. Yeah. (laughs) uh, We talked real brief about, you know, my business and in my business, we're in a weird category because we're technically a small business, you know, we're, you know, revenue wise, staff wise, you know, our, our executive team is pretty small, but we're competing against huge nationwide companies who have these tremendous budgets and, you know, resources that we couldn't even dream of. And so, but, but we can't appear like a small business in this space, as you know, as you know, the last thing you want to do is show up and say, Hey, look at me. I'm just this teeny tiny little business over Mm -hmm. here trying to make it. So how do you, um, you know, what were your struggles in starting the business? Um, You know, what, what were your biggest hurdles in terms of like trying to get this off the ground? Yeah, well, we definitely had to start with the differentiation aspect, you know, just like you're, you're showing up and trying to um, compete with the big dogs in the security industry. Mm -hmm. We had to show up and say, you know, not only Coke and Pepsi, but in the brewing industry too, because we want their customers, right? You know, how do we, how do we differentiate ourselves in the marketplace? Um, and there's a really great book out there um, called The Zingerman's um, Acts of Great Service, I believe, um, okay. that I listened to that I'd highly recommend for your 
your listeners as well. You know, yeah, no one's in a unique industry. Yeah. And that's what the business talks about. And so it's your service that sets you apart. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that my kombucha tastes great. Yeah. I can tell you that it has the best health benefits. But the reality is I am one of who knows how many rainbow kombuchas on the shelf. Right. Yeah. And so what's really going to drive our customers back to us every single time as we're building our business is our service model. And so we had to figure out how to establish a service model as a good that doesn't ever actually talk to a customer. Yeah. Interesting. You know, how do we establish that in our, tell our story and provide excellent service from a store shelf? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's some of the stuff we've been focusing on. Um, you know, we, we had very limited resources to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I started the business with $248. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's all I, I had at 24 years old. <laughs> that's great though. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, so how do you start you know, how do you get a logo designed? How do you, you know, get marketing materials put together? Because I mean, I've been there, so I know what we did, but I'm curious about your story because that's fascinating to me because you're in a, you're in an industry, you know, like we were just talking about where it's hard to break in. Yep. Yep. I mean, the barriers to entry are insane, right? Not yeah. only do you have collateral, like you're talking about for branding, yeah. um, you can talk about the capital expense for the equipment to make it, talk about mm-hmm. finding a building and getting a food license. Like, um, so we started with three, five gallon buckets and went to our first farmer's market, but, um, and we sold out. And so we knew we were viable and supported and, and we went in and continued reinvesting in ourselves. Um, but prior to that, you know, I, I guess a little bit of a backup. I, I asked a friend to describe our brand. Yeah. Um, like, give me three words that you think describe our brand. <laughs> and they came back to me with like, oh, organic, healthy. Okay. And the last word they used was scrappy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I, I, I was it. so offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I don't want to look scrappy. I don't want to look like I know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. But then I thought about it and I sat with it. And I was like, you know, in a really weird way, it's a compliment. Yeah, it is. Because it means we're going to be successful and we're going to figure it out. Yes. Um, and that was, I think, what they were trying to convey. But when I say that we started with a scrappy standpoint, I, you know, we did logo design. I went to my local college and their graphic design students needed a semester project. Our logo was their semester project. Oh, that's fantastic. What a great <laughs> yeah. idea. Okay. Very cool. We used every single resource we could to start, you know, our local SPDC office for demographic studies, um, our local score chapter for general advisement, mm-hmm. um, pitch competition, social media, college students, you name it. Um, We tried it. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So, and now how, how, how do you sell your product now? What's the distribution look like? Mm -hmm. So exciting news. As of this week, you've actually um, doubled our retail footprint in the state of Michigan. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Okay, good. Good. So we had a really incredible opportunity with a a local supermarket, um, Midwest supermarket, I should say, I should give more credit than that. Um, and they actually doubled the size of our footprint by bringing us in. So we went from about 200 stores to 400 stores in less than six weeks time. Wow. That's incredible. And so were you having any moment of like, oh, 
OMG, how am I going to make this happen? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or are you just like, yeah, cool. We got this. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that we could do it. I knew that we had not done it before. Yeah. Um, so I went to the team and I was like, okay, deliver it, deliver the news, get excited. Don't let them freak out. Yeah. Um, and so I told them and they were all excited and we were like, we're going to take one week to celebrate this win. Uh-huh. And then we can get nervous, but make right. sure we fully celebrate the first win. Yes. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah. And are yes. you, is this something you can buy online? Is there like a, a, how do you have to ship this? Do you have to have it cold when you ship it? Yeah. So kombucha is a refrigerated product. Um, okay. If you live in the state of Michigan, you can find it relatively easily. Um, we are working on launching an online drop shipping program in the next three months. Very cool. All right. And then you'd have to send that some kind of, you know, in a chilled packaging, I'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar to how you get your your meal kits delivered. The kombucha would be able to be drop shipped to you. Very cool. Wow. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about um, some of the inspiration that you found along the way. You know, who inspires you in, in this process? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think as entrepreneurs and especially as women entrepreneurs, we're prone to burnout a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so finding those continuous sources of inspiration and motivation, yeah. um, are, are critical to kind of propelling ourselves forward. Um, I've taken inspiration from a lot of places yeah. as I've started. Um, when I first started out, I think it was a lot of grit and to just young determination yeah. um at the young age it was like a you want to see me fail watch me not <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? I've been there I've been there yeah. absolutely but that's fueled by anger and that does not last and so it eventually goes away um you know I've had a lot of really strong female entrepreneurs in my life as well oh, that's great that's great yeah. that's really essential because you know I feel like we don't have a lot of those um, innately, you know, I just don't feel like we tend to see a lot of other female entrepreneurs. And so we kind of, you know, feel like we're doing this alone. So that's, that's awesome. I like to think it's in my genes. My grandmother actually, um, she started a, a franchise in the fifties and sixties of, um, sewing stores of tailor shops. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, to have that kind of, um, inspiration in the background is great. Um, I think one of my other sources of inspiration is really just forcing myself to be in situations that make me feel small. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. So a lot of people will say, you know, like nature and water and absolutely those are like key. Right. Mm -hmm. But I find that if I don't put myself in situations, going to a bigger city, going to places where ideas and people are stronger and smarter and, um, farther ahead than I am, then yeah. I, I start to kind of pull back on my inspiration a little bit. Right. So yeah, for me, my inspiration comes from being in situations that make me feel small. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like the way that you phrase that because, you know, I heard the advice recently, um, work the job you want, not the job you have. Right. And Absolutely. so that means that you're out there doing what you want to do when you've reached that next level you're doing it now so that you can prepare for that that next level and so you want to work the job you want not the job you have um so you're bringing your a game constantly you're not just biding time until you get there yeah but it's like 
Okay. The concept of if you're not like five minutes early or behind, that applies to your career too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I've always felt like jumping in before I'm ready always levels me up. You know, if I feel yeah. like if I feel like I'm around people that are at the same level as me, I don't find as much inspiration from them. Like I joined um, a CEO group not long ago. Cool. And at the time, you know, for probably a year or two before I joined, I knew about this group and mm-hmm. I had looked at other kind of entrepreneurs groups and so forth. But this one group just seemed so far out of my league. And so I, That's I, your was, group. Just, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was really that. intimidated at first, but then I finally said, you know what, I'm not going to learn if I don't put myself out there. And so my pitch to them, you know, because this is a group that's kind of an invite only, like you, they don't mm-hmm. really just like, just take applications. You kind of have to, you have to be someone. kind of brought yeah. into the group. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, you know, my pitch was, listen, I, I know I can add value to this group. I haven't figured out how yet. I know I'll learn from them, but I also know I can teach as well. And so that was the value. The value was, okay, you know what? If you think you can add value, not just take it, then go for it. And so I had to find the way I could add value. And so every single meeting I'm in there, I try to look for the way I can add value. Yeah, that's a beautiful perspective to have. And, and knowing that the, the personal challenges even and gave you to to step into that and saying, I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. Yeah, but I'm going to yeah, figure right. it out. Right. Like yep. that's that's the power. And that's what truly levels you up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. the beauty of being an entrepreneur is that, you know, we we have so many gut check moments. And it's really nice to be around other entrepreneurs who have felt that or been there or, you know, kind of can can talk you yeah. off a cliff every once in a while. <laughs> That's the it's case. the peer-to-peer experience. Totally. Really yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think when they say it's lonely at the top, it's 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 not lonely. It's the ability to it's the unrelatability, right? Yeah. Or the um the lack of camaraderie, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just different. It's not bad or good. It's different right and it's uncomfortable a lot and so having people that can share in that mutual discomfort that's a blessing absolutely yes absolutely I could not agree more so tell me a little bit more about when you started your business um what advice would you give to other people who are starting a business you know grassroots bootstrapping getting Mm -hmm. it together you know as as an entrepreneur what advice would you give to others who are in the same situation who are sitting back saying you know i I have a really good idea but i don't have any money and i don't have the right resources and i don't have the right backing what would you say to them Everyone can access resources. They're everywhere. Yeah. The resources look different for each situation. Mm. Um, put the ego aside. Forget mm-hmm. the fear because your body is going to tell you not to do it every yes. single way possible. <laughs> that yeah. gut check is going to hit you over and over and uh-huh. over and over again. Yeah. You can't listen to it. You have to keep going. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know how um, crass I can be on the show, but um, one fine. of the th- <laughs> fuck your <laughs> fears like seriously just just go for it right yeah you yeah. know uh, say fuck you to your fears and keep going yep. um yep. and the reality is um just like you said as you take those risks and as you put yourself in those uncomfortable situations that's when your surroundings change and generally speaking most of what you need will find you yeah yeah if you're if you're at, yes if you seek your goal it's gonna find you right mm-hmm. yeah um if you're taking the risk um, you know, the reward is usually right on the other side and mm-hmm. moving forward without fear is what brings that to you. 
Um, it's a little cheesy and a little philosophical and I can say, go find your local score mentor, you know, and, and go get a line of credit. But yeah. the reality is, um, you've got to have the will to make it happen first. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have to have that tenacity of saying like, Hey, I have to be able to be turned down multiple times because you're yeah. going to be turned down multiple times. And if you don't have that tenacity to keep going, um, there's going to be lots of moments where you're like, man, I really screwed that up. I could have done that differently. I, you yeah. know, but at the same time, you have to forgive yourself and move on quickly. You know, what's mm-hmm. the, um, the mantra fail fast, you know, like you're going to fail, yeah. just fail fast to get back up and go. Yeah. It's a two minute drill, right? Um, yeah. a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of the opportunities can slow you down for days at a time or even months at a time as an entrepreneur, if you take them to heart, right. Mm-hmm. The re- rejection is it's brutal. Yeah. Um, because it, it, no matter what you do, even if it is a business in a sense, it is personal too. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting no's on both of those fronts. Um, and one thing I had to do because I'd take things so personally, whether it be a nasty gram email, yeah. complaints about a bottle not being labeled perfectly, like just the yeah. stupidest small things I take personally. And so I had to have that. It's a two minute rule. You can be happy for two minutes. You can celebrate for two minutes. You can scream for two minutes, but whatever it is, it's two minutes and you move on. Yeah, I like that. That's great yeah. advice because honestly, I think we can dwell in that, right? We can dwell on yeah. it and let it eat us alive and and mm-hmm. eventually that can become, you know, our thoughts move into what becomes our reality, right? So you've mm-hmm. you thought yourself into failure. <laughs> and so you yeah, have to, oh, you totally. have to get past it. You have to get past it. Yeah. You create that reality. You know, um I had a big one in the last month. We had a, an opportunity for an investment come on the table and uh-huh. I've been a, a sole proprietor um the whole time. And I was excited for it. It had some pretty cool opportunities with it. Um could have provided me with a, a pretty good exit plan. Um mm-hmm. my body mm-hmm. told me three quarters of the way through it wasn't the right deal. Um we got through negotiations and something was like something isn't right. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, this isn't this isn't right for me and my business at this time. And I walked away. And then I had to kick that two minute rule in. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to say, yeah. I can mourn this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sad about this opportunity, but I can't dwell on it because that's going to slow my business down. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. So what happens when you start getting investor inquiries and stuff like that? Is that something that, you know, how do you differentiate it's time or it's not time? Right. So what, what was that mm-hmm. moment of saying it's just not the right time? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, we've been approached by a few of them over the years and, and the business has been at different phases throughout. And I think the simplest way I can answer that thought is if I look back at the first deal and I would have taken it, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. And I'm still doing it and I still own this whole puppy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and so even when I think I can't do it and I have those oh shit moments, the reality is I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, but it's going to happen because <laughs> we're not going to fail. Right, right, right. Exactly. Just that mindset of I'm not failing. It's going to be hard. It's going to hurt a little. You know, it's going to make me feel yes. bad sometimes. But I will get there. I will figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. And if if I'm coming to a point where there is a pain point and I'm considering investment, um, that likely means it's time for a transition somewhere internally, anyways, right? Hmm. Um, so as I'm evaluating these these friction points that we're coming up against in a, in a business, whether it be labor or new market entry or equipment based, um, if 
if I'm going to navigate this friction, you know, what are the pros and cons of the investment versus me figuring out a way to do it? Right. Mm. You know, is, and I've always found that I can still do it. Um, I'm comfortable with my business's growth rate. And if I took a larger investor and gave up majority, I could probably go nationwide. Yeah. Um, but that's not what I see for the business. And so yeah. I think it's also been evaluating what what makes me true to my ethos for the business too. Yeah. You know, we've had those moments as well. And I'm I'm with you. It just, you know, it just didn't feel right. And a few times yes. where I've gotten into like a money crunch or like, I yep. know there's a great growth opportunity, but I'm going to need to take on investments to do it. I would back away because at the end of the day, you know, even though, and I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of the times when I've considered investments, it wasn't necessarily for the money. It was, I need the expertise. I need somebody to tell me what to do. Uh, somebody come in and tell me what to do, please. Cause I, yeah. I feel like I'm just going to mess it up. Right. Interesting. And okay. so, but at the end of the day, I looked at the options on the table and I've talked to people and they said, you know, an investor might come in and they might tell you what to do, but it may not be in alignment with your values. It's going to yes. be in alignment with their bookkeeping, you know, with 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 what they totally. want with revenue, but not necessarily with your values. So if yeah. you want something to go along with your values, you figure it out and you make it happen. And yeah. so I've backed away each time for that exact reason, just like you were saying, it just, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right alignment with my yeah. values it wasn't and the right what I want for the company and what I want for our image and our brand and our employees and our clients. So yeah, so backing away was the best thing. And even though I felt like I was drowning in a pool of uncertainty, it was right. You yeah. know, I was like, please somebody just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And, and yeah. you know, ultimately I didn't want them to tell me what to do. I wanted them to tell me what I was doing was right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Affirmation. You were seeking yes, affirmation in a affirmation, sense, right? Not, yeah. yeah, not necessarily, you know, guidance, but affirmation of just tell me I'm not screwing this all up. <laughs> well, and it's almost like um, there's a, a theme of, you know, uh, potentially triggering investments and they seem to correlate back to our self-worth in our business Ooh. and the imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. You know, do I actually know what I'm doing? Am I, am I worth this? Um, you know, like when you question our ability, we're really questioning our self-worth. Yeah. We started the business. We see how it happens. We know how the cogs weave together. Mm. We can hire experts, but we do know the general idea pretty well or else we wouldn't excel in our industry. That's you know? right. Yep. That's right. Yep. The gut instinct is true. And um, so how did you feel like you recognized when your gut instinct was telling you it was not the right time? Um, because I envision the future with the investors or not. And so like, I, you know, I kind of look down the road and, and I look at, okay, this is the, this is great for now. It'll get us through this little hurdle, but you know, big picture. Mm -hmm. And I look at, you know, what does five years from now look like? And it's like, well, our, our brand is kind of, eh, you know, like it, it's yeah. not where it should be. You know, the standards yeah. may not be there. The growth happened too fast. It just, it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't good for our brand and our, our reputation. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I look at what our competitors have done and I see them as the brand is diluted. They're, you know, uh, the quality standards are down and I don't want to yeah. be there, you know? And so I look at, you yeah. know, we'll just, everybody's like, well, you could be, you know, I can't believe you're only this big. Why aren't you guys bigger? Why don't you expand more? Why don't you do this? And I'm like, because 
look at our competitors. I that's yep. that's the path I don't want to travel, right? Like I I don't want that. I think our our customers deserve better, and so do our employees. So, mm, so you're going back to the service aspect, which is yes. even better. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit. Um, so when you talk about health, I want to kind of pivot to health because I think that's just such a critical topic that we're not discussing enough right now, whether it's yeah. mental health or physical health, you know, we're, we're just not discussing it enough. So when we're talking about our physical health, what are three things we should stop doing immediately? Ooh, physical health. Okay. Um, there's a there's so many. I know. <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm thinking about like the diet yeah. version, and and sure. I'll tell you, I've I've actually started rethinking how I, uh, being more intentional about food. I'm intentional about mm-hmm. every single thing in my life. I am like as purposeful as you can yeah. imagine. I have a time and a place, and you know, nearly obsessive about everything. But when yeah. it comes to food, I'm not. And that's where Absolutely. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm reeling it in. I'm reeling this in. I've cut out processed food. I've cut out sugar for the most part, mm-hmm. um, you know, alcohol. I've had, you know, just like, oh, I'll drink a glass of wine while I'm making dinner. And then I'm mindlessly taking in calories, you know? And so yeah. now it's like, nope, that doesn't happen anymore either. So, you yeah. know, things like that. So mindless is cool. where I'm, where I get started. Yeah. No, that is a great starting point. You know, I think coming back and being mindful about your eating is key. Yeah. Um, our generation and uh, is experiencing more digestive issues really? than any prior generation. Absolutely. If you look uh-huh. at um, gastric reflux, if you look at IBD, if you look at Crohn's disease, um, oh. SIBO, you know, candida, all of these are flippant in our, our generation in, in ways uh-huh. they've never been before. Um, and a lot of that is because we are eating in the car. And we yeah. are eating on the go and we are shoveling things in at our desk in between meetings while we quickly answer someone's email and our bodies are not made to do that. Yeah. Um, so as we prepare to eat and as we mindfully eat, um, our body actually goes through a process where it actually gets ready for digestion. So you secrete um, enzymes in your saliva to better help you break down food, your stomach oh, wow. juices okay. prepare for it as well. Um so not a very sexy thing to talk about, but slowing down to be present with your food, shutting your laptop, making sure you don't eat with a screen, and slowing down while you eat can cure like half of people's digestive Wow. Ailments. Well, that's exactly how I don't eat. So I, I don't either. I'm not perfect. <laughs> By any means, I, sh- I can shovel in between meetings like the best of them. <laughs> right? Well, and I'm usually sitting in front of my laptop shooting out emails while I'm trying mm-hmm. to, you know, eat breakfast in the morning or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's, it's cultural now. Mm-hmm. It, it really so, is. You feel like you have yeah. to multitask. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. includes even, even when you're eating, like you have to be multitasking at all times to get everything done. Which is so odd, isn't it? Right? Like yes. enjoying food. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So slowing down, chewing all of the way and, and making sure we eat mindfully is definitely number one. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, number two is we actually probably don't drink nearly as much water as we think we do. Mm-hmm. So documenting your water intake, key. Yeah. Yeah. Get the gallon in. Um, water and sleep pair together quite well. I can't imagine a generation that is undervaluing sleep more. <laughs> mm, yeah. Average between five and seven hours a night. Yeah. Um, seven should be our bare minimum to function cognitively as humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, easier said than done, you know, schedules, kids, life, mm-hmm. 
business. Mm-hmm. Everything has always got to get done. It's it's no joke. Um, but, but making sure that we do the basics of taking care of ourselves can go a long way. Absolutely. Um, I think my last bit of advice would be, um, you know, making sure we're swapping out dead food for living food. Yeah. So that's part of kombucha, right? It's living food. What does that mean? Yeah. So you're a living body, right? You're formed Mm -hmm. of these trillions upon trillions of cells that are all coming together to make up a human body. Um, Living food is the idea that you're putting in food that can do good for your body, that can restore it as a living function. So when we go to the grocery store, are we choosing food that has been alive or been alive recently? Or are we talking about something that can survive like the next apocalypse? Right. right? Like, <laughs> the the yes. protein bar might have really, really good macros mm-hmm. and it might fit in your diet for the rest of the day. So you can make, you know, whatever weight you want to make for the week. It might hit your macros, but it's also not hitting anything good inside your body. Outside yes. Yes. Um, so are we taking, you know, are we taking consideration for what we're putting in our body in terms of it being a living food? Um, yeah. Generally speaking, if your grandmother doesn't know it as an ingredient, um, you know, if it's something that can survive indefinitely, like don't eat it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Done. Mm-hmm. Um, but making sure your food comes out of the ground with dirt on it. Um, you know, making that connection to your local farmer, that's going to get your microbiome in place. Eating living foods, sauerkraut, yogurt, kimchi, kombucha, um, repopulating your body. Those are all going to do incredible wonders. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. I, I totally agree with you. I feel like, um, you know, I've been going through a purging lately of just things in my pantry and, you know, things mm-hmm. that are just not good for you. Like I shouldn't have that much in my pantry. It should all be in my refrigerator, yeah. right? Like <laughs> I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have that much in my pantry. So, but yeah, that's, I've been purging a lot lately and just saying, you know what, it's unnecessary. Just get rid of it and don't rebuy it. Yeah. But you're human too, right? And we're yeah. all busy and we all have lives. And so, yeah. you know, understanding that finding a balance is pretty good too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. So, I'm going to ask a question that I ask on every podcast because I really think it's so essential for for us as women to to understand this. So as women, we give away our power all the time. Like we we give other people credit for what we do. We allow them to um, criticize us unnecessarily and we take it. And so we give away our power on a pretty frequent basis um, because we always feel like, we we value ourselves less than what we value others. Yeah. So tell me about a time that you gave away your power and then tell me about a time that you stepped into your power and kind of what that difference was. <laughs> Great question. Um, I think I've given away my power many a times as a yeah. woman. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to just choose one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I, know. I think it's sad, isn't it? It, it is. It is. And I think a lot of it was actually subconscious um, mm-hmm. when I was younger and conditional mm-hmm. um, on societal conditioning and probably some ways of being raised. Um, I think I chose not to be seen a lot. I was afraid to be seen. Um, 
And I also was, and, and still am a work in progress, a master deflector of compliments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to compliment me? I will pivot that. <laughs> oh, you right. did a great job, too. Oh, way to go. Yeah, I couldn't have done it without you. You're right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, give me a compliment. Watch me flip that sucker right around. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> one of my biggest things has just been learning to, um, to receive. Mm. I think as women, we're taught to give, 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 give. And so learning to receive has been incredibly challenging. Um, and so when I receive compliments, my goal is just to say thank you and to not receive it with discomfort. Um, yeah. And to accept like, yeah, I did do a good job, you know, and and I can take sole credit for that. Um, so that's been a challenging one to work through. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's amazing because you've been getting all these amazing awards with 40 under 40 and <laughs> small business yeah. of the year and all of these incredible accolades. And, you know, they don't come from nowhere. You know, these are these are well deserved. You know, you you're you're up against other entrepreneurs, you're well vetted in these processes. Mm-hmm. So so congratulations on all of those. So, um, but yes, yeah, so see, thank you. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. So, um, but yes, yeah, so I, I think that that's, um, that is a challenge, I think, as women, mm-hmm. because we we want to give credit to everyone else. We don't want to have to step into that. So, so tell me about when you stepped into your power. Yeah, honestly, um, saying no to the investment deal recently was a huge way of stepping into my own power. Yeah. Um, you know, the investment deal had great opportunities within it. Um, I was being uh, mansplained left and mm. right in the negotiation process. Uh, it would have been a partnership with me and uh, three other men. And I was, um, it, 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 I was being treated like I wanted a business daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. so while the offer was, was, I could have found a way to make it, you know, work for the business. Um, I knew that was an environment that was going to help me grow and thrive. And I knew that I would have um, felt stifled and I would have felt muted. Mm. And if I'm working on being seen and heard, um, that wasn't going to be the opportunity for me to actually grow. Oh, I love it. That's so yes. good. So good. Heck of a heck of a trial on that one. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, but uh, it, it truly, I knew I wasn't going to grow as an entrepreneur in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bravo. Good for you for, for recognizing that and <laughs> stepping into your power and saying, no, this isn't for me, you know, and just instead of just taking what they're willing to give you and, you know, knowing that you would not come through that process better than you came into it. That's a big, that's a big indicator, right? Like I want to come out yeah. of anything better than I was going in. So absolutely. Yeah, Good you can you. find, you know, financial support anywhere, but if it's not yeah. going to help me or the business grow, it's not worth it. Fantastic. I love it. So what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Oh, young little 18 year old Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney going bless, into being a pastry heart. chef. <laughs> yeah, so young and naive and <laughs> delightfully innocent. <laughs> um, uh stop being so afraid to be seen yeah um step into your self-worth unapologetically Mm -hmm. you know i i used achievement for so many years of my life to validate my worth yeah um you know the award stack is probably a prior portion of that although fun and enjoyable um Mm -hmm. You know, I was an overachiever in college as well. I'd take 24 credit hours to get done early. Um, 
And that was all because I was seeking things through achievement instead of just accepting my self-worth and stepping into that and being seen for who I was. Yeah. Um, So my advice to young Courtney would be, you know, step into the self-worth and don't be afraid to be seen. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, going after all those achievements basically just says my self-worth is whatever you value it at, right? So. Yeah, I know. And then, but having that inner confidence is so hard. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. It is really challenging, but good for you for recognizing that. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, the, the achievements feel good, but again, we're putting our self-worth in somebody else's hands. If you don't win, yeah. you know, that's, so it's, that's it's a short-term, short-term game, right? Um, when you can truly find that self-confidence inside knowing that it comes from your own self-worth. Mm-hmm. that's that that's when it really shines you know that's it's different you know yeah it just yeah. shows different mm-hmm. so you've got this great successful kombucha business and <laughs> you are thriving and you're growing as an entrepreneur and you're kind of making your own way and I love that you've you've gone past where the investors are and you're like no I've got this I'm gonna figure this out and <laughs> you know here you are and you know just the sky's the limit this incredible success doubling your your footprint and and so now what I mean what, what's next for you yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we're working on expansion currently. Um, we're set to go Midwest um, soon, Ooh. which is very exciting. Yes. yes. Uh, we're launching an additional line of kombucha. It's going to be a hard kombucha as well. Okay. Um, and so we're growing the business in that front. Um, personally, my my next front is also to enjoy a little bit more work-life balance. Oh, um, gosh, aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, yes. work in progress. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who's bootstrapped from day one, I am. It's time. Yeah. You know, the business is successful. Um, I, I need to start prioritizing myself. You know, just as much as I prioritize everyone else. Yeah, and so that's on my personal agenda as well. Good for you. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree because um, it took me a while and I did it as a single mom too. You know, I started my business mm-hmm. and I've been a single mom for most of the seven years that I've had my business. And, you know, now my son just turned 16 and he's off on his own. And I'm like, but yeah. I just needed the little bit of time that I got with you. <laughs> Even in the car going to school. But yeah, so it's it's tough. You you want to do it now. You know, don't, yep. don't wait because I... I definitely did the same thing. And I'm sure you did the same thing where, you know, in the beginning, when you're bootstrapping your business, you're the bookkeeper, you're the recruiter, you're the salesperson, you're the CEO, you're the janitor, you're all of it. Right. And so there is no time for downtime in those first initial couple of years. It's, it's a challenge, but but yeah, finding the balance and stepping away is, it's a good goal. It's a good goal. So what do you wish more people knew? Mm. What do I wish more people knew? I wish that more people knew um, what it felt like to feel good. Oh, yeah. I think so many people from a health and wellness standpoint exist in a, in a form of discomfort on a daily bis- basis. Yeah. Um, most people don't know what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. And so I invite people to take a step back and to evaluate where they're where they're at mentally, physically, emotionally, do a body scan, check in with yourself and take one thing for yourself to improve on each day so that you can get to a place of comfort. Most people are are so okay living in discomfort that they will never truly know what it feels like to feel good. 
Oh, yes. Gosh, that's powerful. That's really powerful. I hope so. Yeah, because I think we all just kind of exist in this mindless space of, oh, that ache, that pain, that, you know, mm-hmm. bloating, this, that, the other, and, and you know, your health conditions deteriorate yep. and you just keep pushing through. And uh, yeah, I think that's really powerful advice. Yeah. How many times do you walk up to someone and they say, how are you today? I feel great. Yep. How often do you yeah. hear that? No. Not very often. No, yeah. it's, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hanging in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a common one. I'm, I'm, I'm making it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you want to feel you're you how you as a human should feel good. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I have really thoroughly enjoyed this, Courtney. Thank you so much for all of your time today. This has been a great conversation. No, this has been a treat. I greatly appreciate your time, Angela. And so great to get to know you and your business as well. Yeah. Well, and I just wish you all the best in what you're doing. I think, you know, just focusing on how to make people healthy and well and you know, putting them, you know, putting their pieces back together, you know, helping them to find that balance in their life, at least it, when it comes to nutrition is just, it's, it's a great avenue. I love it. I love it. So thank you so much. So I appreciate Courtney being my guest today. This is the end of the Pretty Powerful Podcast episode. If you want to learn more about Courtney, please visit prettypowerfulpodcast.com and you can see all of her links and check out her kombucha. And if you are in the Michigan area, please stop by. What what is the grocery store that you're in? Uh, We're in about 400 different local local retailers. So if you head to our website, we're all listed there. Very, very cool. Well, that's (laughs) exciting. All right. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, again. And I hope everyone has an absolutely amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.